In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. This thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. The best marketers sell with story. And the best storyteller wins the customer. And the best stories are your customer stories. I'm going to give you the planner to create the perfect video case story for your business. Just like we've done with all of our clients here at Authentic Web. Just go to iingarlic.com slash plan or click on the podcast image to get to the show notes and there will be a link. There you can download the perfect video case study planner the same one we use at Authentic Web to create incredible dynamic video case stories and video case story interviews. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. I am Garlic, your host here, and today we're going to talk about stories. Surprise, surprise, but I'm one of the masters at helping businesses find that story. Um, you know, at Authentic Web, we help you find the stories on video. My guest say Chris Smith has helped hundreds of entrepreneurs really have a cohesive story. I don't have him explain it, but he's the founder of the Campfire Effect. Awesome person. And I've worked with many entrepreneurs that have gone through it. And story after story that he has is amazing of how he's transformed businesses. Chris, thanks for being on the show today, bud. Hey, thanks for having me. I, uh, I love anytime I can be on a podcast where I feel like I can make a difference, uh, but especially podcasts like Ions, where the very nature of the podcast is about story. So I'm, I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Well, excited to have you. I love talking to you and you're a great speaker, but let's, let's talk a little bit about, before we get into this, let's talk about your story. How did you become, uh, you know, how did you start helping entrepreneurs? How did this get all started? Yeah. So to tell that story, I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell you the quick version, but I have to go back even to like my childhood, um, and, and how I was raised. So I was raised in a, in a ranching rodeo family. I still actually rodeo. I compete in the team roping event for any, anyone that knows what that is. But, you know, I grew up in this ranching rodeo family where our roots and just our family and, and, um, it was really important to us and blue collar, hardworking family. And what was interesting, Ian, is I was really fascinated when I was young with story, but the stories I was most fascinated with was the stories of like my ancestors, like people that had lived like generations before. And my mom would talk about like, you know, I would rather have her read me family history than I would even watch cartoons or like read, read children's books. And there was something about when I would listen to these stories about my family history, it would just like stir my soul. And it was, it was special, you know, especially the stories of my ancestors or the or pioneers who actually, like they'd really, they took a stand for something or they did something risky, right? And I just had this recognition, I think almost that like those stories of those people that have come before me, like that's who I am. Like that's where I come from, right? And so it would give me this like belief in myself. And so, so there was that element. And then also growing up around cowboy storytellers, you know, probably had some, some influence. The other thing is my dad was a legendary high school basketball coach. So we grew up in this real small farming community, tiny town, 2000 people. 
and he, he coached before I was alive. I was the youngest of six, but he coached six years of high school basketball and they won six state street championships. And then at one time it was a back when there was class a, B and C he had, he, there three of his team, um, three seasons, they didn't lose a game. They were 75 and zero, and it was a class C national record. And then they got beat at home one night. So they were 76 and one, but, uh, 75 and one. But my point to that is he coached these young men. And now this is years later. And anytime they were in the Phoenix area, which is two and a half hours from our house, they would make that drive back to just come visit my dad. You know, he was their high school basketball coach, but he had, he made a real difference in their lives. And I remember just, I could sit in the living room and listen to those stories for hours. And I was like, man, someday I'm going to do something like my dad. Like I don't, I'm going to coach. And I don't know, you know, I, I actually had it in my mind sports. What's funny is now I, I feel like today I, I do what my dad did in the sense of, of coaching, but maybe in a, in a different way. So that's, it's funny you say that because, um, I, I've been telling people, we were talking about stories and how your, your client stories are the fundamentals. And I, I relate it to, uh, John Wooden and fundamentals. And, uh, you know, and it's, there's such an analogy between business and sports. Um, yeah. what was your dad's secret to success? That level of success? Yeah. You know, that's the fun. That's the first thing. Anyone that has some interest in sports, you know, if you don't have any interest in sports, probably doesn't, but when, you know, if you have an interest in sports, it's like six state straight championships, 75 and zero. like that's, you know, so the, the one was absolute like fundamentals, which, un, you know, unfortunately, if, if you know sports, it kind of drives you crazy in kids sports or high school sports. It's so little of that is taught anymore. And there's yeah. no one ever runs a structured offense or, but they, his teams would just talk about like, you know, there was no option to like not run the offense. Like if you didn't run the offense, you didn't play like, so we, and, and the other thing is he, they would run gyms, they would run teams off the floor. So they full court pressed all game, every single game. And you know, you always hear coaches talk about how we're going to make practice way harder than the game so that the game's not that hard and it's more talk than anything. But his players were like, your dad's practices were so brutal that the games were like a walk in the park. Like we could run teams all night long and they just flat, like they literally could not keep up with us. We just ran people off the floor. The other thing that my players said is my dad never yelled. You would never hear him from the, from the side. And it was almost like they had this quiet confidence that they had done the work, Right that they, when they got onto the court, he didn't need to yell at anybody. Now, if things weren't going well, he would call a timeout and they would come over and he would pull them into the huddle and they knew he was serious. But like, they just had this like quiet confidence because they knew, they knew that they had done what it takes. Like my, I think my dad and them really had that kind of like, I've read a book about Procter and Gamble strategy that, that Procter and Gamble defines strategy as knowing you're going to win. It's not like, it's not like hoping, right? We have a really great strategy, so we're going to go do our best. It's like, no, strategy should be done so well that you know you're going to win before you play the game so i really think my dad and his teams they did they did the fundamentals so well and they practiced so hard that like they knew the game was won they just they just had to go get on the court and play but like they showed up that way and so the other thing they talked about is the mindset and the confidence like my dad helped my dad had these guys believe like they said they didn't know it at the time but looking back they're like dude your dad had us believe we were capable of way more than we actually were you know (laughs) We just believed him, right? So that's super important, and I, I think that that's phenomenal because it, it lends so much to everything in business. And it comes back to when we talk about fundamentals. I, I, people are like, "Oh, stories are cool. Stories are in focus," but or you know, it's what's up right now. But I'm like, really, stories are the fundamentals of a business, aren't they? Yeah, they're everything. Like, dude, that's so, so, so what I tell people, Ian, is I believe that your story is the most powerful thing you have to create anything you want in your life and in your business. 
And I also believe that story is so much bigger than this like marketing exercise or this thing that we do in videos or branding or it's like, yeah, it's like, oh yeah, people really love story. It's like, yeah, all that's true. And to me, story is the source of all clarity and all alignment and everything that you do in your business. And I just don't see, think that most people see it that way. And that's, that's what I really take a stand for is I'm taking a stand for this idea that story is so much bigger than most entrepreneurs and organizations see it for. And, and, and the entrepreneurs and organizations that do see it for that. Like, and I also don't think there's any coincidence, Ian, that the company, the organizations in the world that we see they're making the biggest difference and making the biggest impact right now, that have the best culture, that have the best sustainability, they're, they're also the companies that see story at the level that you and I are talking about. Mm-hmm. Like Yeti.com. I mean, just what a fascinating case study in a company that really gets the power of story is something way bigger than just marketing or branding or this cool little thing you should do. Like it is like story is their whole business. Like they are their story, right? Oh yeah. And I, I, th- I think what's crucial too is, I, and maybe we can talk a little bit about this and we really didn't even get into how you do it and, and where you got, but I, I love where this is going. And at the end, I, I want to talk about your process for getting these stories out. And, and, and obviously uh, if someone goes to campfire effect, they'll learn about it and they can get your course. But you know, when it comes to stories, you know, how do you think we got away from stories being important in marketing? Why do you think that people downplay the importance of story? Yeah, what's so fascinating is like intellectually, if you ask anybody, you know, most people will say like, yeah, man, stories are really important. Like it's the foundation for human connection and we love story. And so we understand on an intellectual level, but then when you look at how many companies actually aren't leveraging it, like aren't, aren't using it. So I believe we live in a time in the world where we're more connected than ever in the history of man globally through technology, right? Mm-hmm. We've never been more connected. And yet at the same time, we've never been more disconnected as authentic human beings. And there's like, like human connection is at an all time like premium. Like there's so little of it. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean I am that people desire it less just because there's less of it. In fact, I believe people crave it more than now than ever. Like, we have homes where people live with their families and like literally throughout a week might go an entire week without a real true authentic human interaction in a home where people love each other and are a family. But it's like people eat meals in their bedrooms. They don't eat meals together. People are on their devices all the time. And like I just read a book by a really good friend of mine, Ben Hardy, who wrote Willpower Doesn't Work. And he talked about the amount of artificial dopamine that's flowing through our veins in the world we live in today. And it's like, We've just almost lost the ability to connect. And what's so funny is people desire it more now than ever, but they don't almost, they don't know how to get it, oh, which is, the, yeah. it's, a, it's the very thing that had me take social, you know, some radical changes recently, which some people think I'm crazy, but like I've taken social media off my phone. I took email off my phone. I, I do a phone fast once a week now on Sundays where I just don't touch the phone. When my wife and I go on dates, the phone stays at home. Like, and that, that's been, I've had to retrain cause I was addicted, man, like big time, but I've actually started noticing Ian and doing that. Like I've gotten some of me back, some of my authenticity, like people connect with me differently, just in some of those simple things I've done. And to me, that's all that has everything to do with story, right? Cause people are like, we live in a world where we're not getting the truest authentic version of people. And we don't realize just how disconnected we've become because of these things. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. It's funny you mentioned that. I have that 
book. <laughs> that book is like one, like for the times we live in around this idea of like, how do we get, you know, yeah, really, really incredible book by Ben. Okay. I got to read it. I, it was just, uh, um, uh, Craig Valentine just sent it to me as a gift and, uh, it, I got to read it now. That's funny. Yeah. It's sitting right on my desk. Uh, but I, I, you know, I agree with you that, you know, there is this disconnect in story and we're trying to recreate it. Um, but like small businesses go, uh, you know, I don't have time for that. I just right. have to get clients. Uh, you know, oh, I've got a brand here. You know, some people like will half half asset or, you know, not even look at it. Why? Why is it important for those people and how do they do it? You know, like like a small like we've talked to attorneys. We've talked to some other people that are just like we want to differentiate ourselves. And I tell them their stories. Why do you why do you feel it's most important for those people and how do they do it? Yeah. So like if you're a small business entrepreneur, the reason it's important is because I, it, I believe it's the only thing you have that truly uniquely differentiates you. Like it's all you have. Right. To differentiate you and your in your um, in your marketplace. Um, so if, if, you know, as a small business or an entrepreneur, most small businesses and most entrepreneurs, the very reason that they do what they do is because of something that happened in their life or something that happened in the lives of someone that was close to them that they saw and it inspired them, right. To go do something about it. So most of them have this really awesome backstory of actually why they do it. And very few of them actually tell it. So here's the big thing that I see a lot of things happening in the small business entrepreneur space. I, and that is if most small business owners and entrepreneurs go look at their website and they're being really honest with themselves, 99% of the content is talking about what they do. Mm-hmm. And when you listen to them in sales presentations or enrollment conversations with a client, the majority of when they're telling their story is about what they do. And here's what's so unfortunate about that. The what you do is the least differentiating part of your story because what you do is technically what everyone else in your industry does. And it's hard to differentiate with that. Does that make sense? Yeah. hundred percent for me. Right. right. Like, like you, it's like, you know, what you like, Oh, we do video. Right. And if you talk a lot about what we do with video, well, the, the problem is like everyone else in your industry could technically be saying almost the same version of that with their own spin on it. And to the everyday person like me that doesn't do video for a living, it all looks and sounds the same to me. Mm-hmm. But what, but, but what I can't replicate that you have, like what I, what I don't know how to do that you have is like why you do video, why it's so important to you, like who you are in it, right? Your personal story and then the how you do it. So I believe that the thing that differentiates the most of small businesses and entrepreneurs is, is who we are and how we do it and not what we do. But yet the story that most of us as small business owners and entrepreneurs focus on in the most is the what we do. And the thing we talk about the least is the who we are and the how we do it, which those are the things that differentiate us the most. Now, how is this different from like, uh, or, you know, starting with why now? Because I feel, I feel like at the small uh, business level, it's a different why that needs to be told than at the very large business level. Because the, at the large business level, my feeling is the why inspires internally more so. Whereas the, what you're talking about is more inspiring externally. Yeah. So I I love that you say that because we have this uh, story formula that we teach. So let me back up a little bit. So the biggest revelation realization I've come to in doing the campfire effect is that there's a fundamental difference between what you say and how you say it. 
And what I what I've seen is that most entrepreneurs and small businesses are actually confusing those as the same thing. And one of the very first things we do with people is we separate those two. It's like, look, we've got to get really, really clear on what it is you're actually trying to say before we can figure out how to say it, right? Because what most people are doing is they're constantly tweaking how to say it, right? Mm-hmm. Copy, messaging, marketing, branding, you know, t- always tweaking how to say it because we realize, man, if we can just figure out how to say it, we're going to m- reach more people. But the reason I think m- most entrepreneurs and small business owners are spending so much time on the how to say it is because they're actually not 100% clear on what it is they're actually trying to say in the first place. And the reason we're not clear on what it is we're trying to say in the first place is because we're usually overwhelmed and distracted by too many opportunities. So what we're trying to say is a lot of things, and then it makes it difficult to figure out how to say a lot of things, right? And so in the how we say it, that's where all the opportunities are. So we're always looking at opportunities and you know, they can become the tail that wags the dog if you're not careful. And we kind of allow the opportunities to, to even start dictating our brand and our story and our message. Cause it's like, well, if this is the opportunity I want to take advantage of. Then I got to back into what my story and my message and my brand should be rather than saying like, no, I'm not going to let the opportunities like be the noise that, you know, is the tail that wags the dog. I'm going to get clear on what it is I actually want to say. So there's the what to say and the how to say it for context. So in the how to, so once, once someone does get really, really clear on what it is they're actually trying to say, then we really feel like we can go to work. So it's like, okay, now that you know what to say, now we can plug it into our methodology of how to say it. But see, I don't want to teach you how to just say anything. I want to teach you how to say what it is you're really clear about wanting to say, like what it really aligns with you, the stand that you're taking as a brand. Does that make sense? Oh, hundred percent. And you know, I think one of the big things that you uh, talk about and we talk about too, is like aligning, you start with who you're talking to and, and what, how you want to help them versus, and when you say opportunities, I'm assuming that you mean like channels, like Facebook ads, like, Oh, I'm going to do Facebook ads now. What am I going to say in there? And, and instead of going, right. okay, I've got this thing I have to say, who do I want to say it to now? Let's go find the best place. Yeah. So when, with Simon Sinek, the start with why, right. And I think you said it really, really well, uh, Ian, is that, you know, when you're sharing that, that why, that passion, that purpose as a large organization, and it changing, you know, internally, you know, how people are engaged. What's different for me though, is I don't, I don't think as a small business owner, as an entrepreneur that our clients and customers, um, care as much about like our why from like a passion or a purpose. They care about the why we do it from the standpoint of like, how are we going to help them? Mm -hmm. So the reason why most every small business and entrepreneur that I know does what they do is because they felt like they were answering some type of calling right? They really felt called to do something. And in most cases, they felt called to do something because of like a personal experience they had. Like I know a lot of health experts who struggled with something around their own health, went through the process to figure it out, overcame it, and then really felt called to go share it with other people, right? So that's the why, right? That's the why they're doing it is because they really know they can make a difference in the lives of other people. I know other entrepreneurs and small business owners who they saw someone that was close to them struggling with something, or go through something and they felt really called to do something about helping that person. And that was their why. And then there's other people who, you know, they were inspired by someone like me with my dad, right? That, so I really felt called to make a difference and an impact on people like he had. So the why we do it to me as small business owners and entrepreneurs is important if it's connected to how we help people. Cause what people really want to know is like, man, you know, if I work with you, right, if I, if I, if I pay you money, is it going to make a difference for me? And if so, how? 
Yep. Yep. Exactly. And I'm not saying that they don't care at all about your passion or your purpose behind the why, but I believe in, in the, in our industry of small business owners and entrepreneurs, they're far more interested in your why from the standpoint of like, why do you do this? So that like in the sense of how does it help people? Yep. That's why I tell people, I mean, you know, a few years ago we did the research and I was looking at how we can better improve, you know, our videos and websites for our clients. And we found out that the about us page is the second most used page on the website. So people want to know about you, but I always tell people that the your about us is still about them, right? right. And, and and anyone, if we're out at you know, a perfect example, campfire effect, right? If you're around a campfire and you're telling stories, they want to know how that story is related to them, and that that's that is the key. And and I I think that's a fantastic point to make because I mean I I love Simon Sinek and everything he says, but I still feel that you know, the power of why does not serve small business as well. It serves big business as well. Whereas what you're doing is really small to medium sized business. When you're in big business and big organization, you have to have that go through and the internals are just as important. So I think that's, that's great. So now what, tell me a little about your process. How does someone go find this? How, and what are some of the results you've seen? Yeah. So I'll give you, I'll give you just one really quick example. So again, when people first started coming to me, I, and when I first started Campfire Fact, it was around, Hey, can you teach us how to tell our story better? Like, can you teach us how to tell our story really powerfully? So that's where I started. And that's what had me create this story formula that we have called the five forces of story. So the five forces of story, that's our methodology or formula, if you will, that we plug your story into that. And we formulaically teach you how to say it with consistency, right? How to powerfully say it with consistency. But again, what I started noticing was, man, I think some of my clients, I should actually be helping them get clear on what to say before I help them on the how to say it, right? Mm-hmm. So the methodology is really divided into two parts. It's what are you trying to say, and then how are you going to say that? So I'll give you a couple of case studies on both. So we recently we worked with a, a, a dental practice um, here in, in Phoenix. Uh, um, it's a father, two sons, three successful practices. And when I first started you know, working with them, and uh, we took them through the, the first phase of the campfire facts, I was like, okay, what are we really trying to say? Like before we get to the how to say it, as a practice, as a company, the three of you, what are you really trying to say? And they, you know, they said things like, well, what we're really trying to say is that we feel like we're the best in, you know, the Phoenix area at cosmetic dentistry. And I was like, well, yeah, I bet you and every other cosmetic dentist in Phoenix is trying to say that you're the best at cosmetic dentistry, right? And I was like, no, but what are you really trying to say? Like if you could only say one thing to your perspective, you know, ideal patients, like, what would you really say? Like, what are you really trying to say? And it's this really confronting thing because when you really boil it down to that, it's like, man, what would I say? Like, if I could only say one thing to my ideal clients and customers, what is it that I'm really trying to say? You know, am I trying to say that I'm the best at, you know, um, branding, I'm the best at marketing, I'm the best at sales, I'm the best at, you know, in their case. So as we dug in, what start, I, you know, finally I felt like, I felt like asking the dad, like, well, why'd you get in the dentistry in the first place? And he paused for a second. He's like, you know, when I was a young kid growing up on a farm, we were really, really poor, extremely poor and growing up on this farm in Idaho. And we didn't have money for dentistry, right? Like we didn't have money for those types of things. And I got an abscess tooth and it got so bad that it, the tooth started to rot and it started to, you know, there was pus and like, it was really, and, and, and he said, I just started to lack a lot of confidence around my teeth and my smile. And then the son was like, 
one of his sons was like, yeah, man, I, I have my own experience with confidence around my smile. Like when I was in high school, I had head headgear. If you remember the horrible headgear that people used to have to wear, he said, I would never sit in the middle of a class. I would never sit in the front of a class. I would always sit in the back and try to be invisible. And I just destroyed my confidence. And then the other son shared something about confidence. And so I said, well, is what, is what you guys are really trying to say is that you can help people restore and build their confidence. And they're like, yeah, that's what we're really trying to say. I was like, so it's not even really about dentistry, right? Like dentistry is what you guys do, but building people's confidence is really who you are. And they're like, and, and then, and then what was so amazing just by helping them get clear on what they're really trying to say, Ian. So what, what we call that is your big idea of impact. It's an exercise we take you through to get clear on your big idea of impact. So their big idea of impact now is we believe that confidence is grown and can be restored. We just happen to do it through beautiful smiles. And then, and then they also say like cosmetic dentistry is what we do, but building people's confidence is who we are. So it's totally changed just how they see themselves just by getting clear on what it is they're actually trying to say. And that it's not about cosmetic dentistry. The other thing is they just started going like in that, in that setting. And they were like, Hey, remember that one guy who came in and he had never gone for a job promotion. Although he'd worked at that company 10 years and really believed he should. And then we gave him a new smile and he had the confidence to go and, and he got a, his first job promotion in that decade. And remember that other lady who wanted to like, you know, flirt with the guy at work and ask him out, but she was really self-conscious about her smile. And we gave her a new smile and she went and, you know, started talking with him and they now have three kids. And remember that, like there was a story after story of evidence of the thing that they were really trying to say that they didn't even know they were trying to say. Right. It's like this confidence thing around just emerged everywhere, just in them getting clear in what it is they were trying to say. They started seeing evidence, which then they were like, we should be, we should, we should start getting social proof case studies and testimonials about people building confidence. We should start, like it just started driving all of these ideas around story. Then the, probably the coolest part was then we came back and we did a one day with their team to really help their team understand the power of the story. And I just asked all the team members, I said, Hey, can you guys share with us anything you've ever had around your smile around confidence? And for like the next three hours, every single one of these team members had their own really transformational like stories around confidence around their own smile that none of the staff had heard these stories from each other. Mm. And so like what it did for their, so, so that, that's just an amazing case study right there of just, just in the power of getting clear on what you're trying to say with your story. Like one girl, Ian, her parents were illegal immigrants and they took her to get braces when she was a young girl. And so her dad paid cash between that time. And she was going to get them off. They didn't have the cash to pay. Not, not all of it. And the dad even tried to offer some, but the dentist wouldn't take the braces off. It, so whole other story about, oh my you know, gosh. so this girl, her teeth rot. And finally one night, a friend, like, I think it was, it was over a year past when she was supposed to get them off, peeled them off one at a time with a butter knife in their kitchen. Ugh. So this girl had these rotten teeth. Now she's married, has this beautiful family and these three beautiful little kids. And she had never smiled a full smile in one family picture ever. And then at her place of work, they gave her a new smile and like it has changed her life. Like she's a new person. So like, and, and no one knew that story. Not one person in that office knew that story. Like, I mean, they knew the story that like she wasn't confident, but they didn't know the backstory around her friend taking them off. And so it was just, just, just that, that's one of the, you know, just one that comes to mind for the what to say. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's I mean that's that and it's phenomenal when you when you have everyone's stories around that and you get a team involved and it's not this especially it's a small business, right? So they can do something like let's share all share our stories oh. versus here's our why from on top and now you ha- you have to be aligned with it. That that's a phenomenal story. Um, yeah, like them sharing their own stories is going to be way more powerful than you know what's interesting I and every time we do that with a small business, they say two things. One, I learned more about my team members today than I have the entire time I've worked with them. And two, I feel more connected to what it is we're up to now than I've ever been. That's, that's great. And, and that connection, I mean, empowers people. That connection obviously helps their marketing. I mean, from my standpoint, too, you know, when we're talking about case stories and, and making videos of that, it's so much easier to have that one thing that you're looking for, that one story. And that's what we go through a process, too, where we help them decide what stories they need to find um, than trying to say, oh, here's a story here, here's a story here, and, and they're not all aligned. Right. That's critical, critical. So um, tell me a little bit about the businesses that you've helped because you've helped a wide range of businesses. Yeah, I mean, we've worked with Fortune 500 companies, but I, you know, like that's not our sweet spot. You know, our you know, we've worked with companies across all different industries. Um, but again, really, I love working with the small business owners and entrepreneurs that are what I call purpose driven or mission focused. Like they know that what they're doing is unique and different in their space. And they really feel a difference to make an income as much as, or an, an impact as much as, as income. And they're often the ones that have the most powerful story to tell, but are also the most frustrated because they're like, we don't know how to tell a story that's as good as like the impact we're making in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so when we go from the, what we do to the, how we do it, like uh, an example of another client we recently worked with in the health space, um, naturopathic doctor in, in, in Idaho, really successful practice. And his big idea, right. Well, the, what to say was, I believe you are not your diagnosis and there's absolutely hope for you to heal. So he had all these people coming to him. You know, when, when people come to him, they've kind of given up hope that they can heal. They've been to all the traditional medical doctors and everyone's told them, you know, you've just got to take medication the rest of your life. And he's like, and, 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 and they really have come to him believing that they are their diagnosis. Like I am my, whatever I've got. And he's telling them like, no, you're not your diagnosis and you can heal. So then we built out the story using the five forces of story. And, and the fifth force of story is social proof, right? Like the success stories. And they've got all these success stories of people that they've helped heal, but they're not near being nearly as intentional as they could be with telling them. So one of the things that came out of it is like, Hey, what if you just started capturing a patient story a day? Cause they've, they've got a full clinic five days a week. What if you just captured one simple patient story a day on your iPhone, mm-hmm. but you did it around the big idea of there's hope for you to heal. Right. And make them the hero of the story. So he just started, he did just that started capturing a patient story a day on an iPhone, nothing fancy. Um, and we talked about then there's also a need to tell some, you know, higher quality, um, brand story videos, but just ensuring that patient story a day and make the patient the hero. He texts me and he's like, dude, this is going crazy. He said, I've got six new patients or just organically off of on my Facebook page and the people sharing it from these patient 